I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a little bit about the salon and party talk. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 327. And I don't even have a title. Let's just call it Salon Talk. I wasn't going to record this weekend. That's what you need to know today, probably. And yet, here I am, tilting my head up and down, yes, still trying to see, resigned, Yes, maybe. And I wasn't going to record. I wasn't. Too many things just seemed to be a little bit off kilter or out of sorts. I keep thinking, I just probably need to stop for a while. See if I can figure it out. And yet stopping would probably be, really be, the absolute worst thing to do. Last week, I sat in the salon listening to the sound of the clippers after I sort of said or actually said, okay, I'm ready. What we did before, you know, this, 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 no clippers on the sides, getting my hair cut off, all off. I do things all the way. And I think it falls in sync about this time every year, this grasping at straws feeling this identity crisis of sorts, this sinking sense of self, and somehow I land in a salon and get it all cut off again. I find salon talk fascinating. So, so, so fascinating. I wish I could just hide out in a salon for six months and record everything I hear, draw from some little back room. Then that sound creepy? It does. I know. But I think there are so many wonderful stories that float through the day in a salon. There's something beautiful and golden about salon talk. A warmth and a bubbliness somehow that goes along with it. So many stories swirling through the air. Laughter, over-the-top compliments to everyone who walks in the door, There is an effusiveness. It's a total surface, I know. But there's somehow a pause as well. The sense of stepping out of a day and into this interior space that is somehow removed from all of it. That's not just for me. It's for anyone who walks in. And that is always what I feel in listening to the stories. So as always, I listened. It's a very small space. There's lots of talk back and forth between the stations. It's easy to sit and listen and feel both intrigued by all of the talk and a little bit alienated by it at the same time. There is that strange sensation of sitting and observing, smiling, looking interested, and yet still being unequivocally on the outside of it, feeling somehow like I'm watching what life is supposed to be, what real grown-ups look like and do, what they know and how they talk, how they interact. 
real grown-ups, because, you know, in our heads, we are so often still young, fixed at some certain age, some certain stage, on some certain page. This is, of course, party talk, table talk, small talk, shows, songs, books, movies, TV, gossip about people they all seem to somehow know, get-togethers, parties, vacations, trips, restaurants. I can hear just in that list how outside of it all I am. Not necessarily by choice, not totally, but by circumstance, for sure. So party talk leaves me feeling clueless and naive and out of touch and so hopelessly uncool. Hopelessly uncool. And this time, podcasts were part of the salon talk. I sometimes think the hair salon, this one in particular, was one of the last places to adopt technology. Only last year did they finally go to a computer system for making appointments even. These are call you people. And I've been going here for 20-ish years. So I adore these people. This is not anything bad that I'm saying. It's a simple fact. They were very resistant to technology. They just didn't really need it. But now they have it. Sitting there last week and hearing someone say, I need some recommendations for podcasts, and having both of the hair cutters, both of the stylists, jump in immediately with suggestions. Have you heard this? Or, oh, you've got to hear this. Or, yeah, listen to this. That was unexpected. And it was interesting. It was simply interesting to listen. It was fascinating to hear them talk about these shows and how they found out about these shows, how they heard about these shows, how they learned of these shows, to listen and know that they were talking about a media form in much the same way that people talk about books and movies, TV shows and series, that suddenly, rather than just being on the fringe, podcasts are even party talk at the salon. I don't know why that really struck me. Maybe it is because these people in particular are people that I don't often think of as very tech savvy. They're not big social media people. They just really have stayed a little bit removed from all of it. So hearing them be totally, totally savvy about podcasts was such a surprise. If they suddenly started talking about and recommending zines or graphic novels, it would feel similarly unexpected. But in all of these genres, no matter how mainstream things become, there is still a fringe. There are still elements of margin and margins. Podcasts are interesting because you have to have a time or make time to listen. They are a little bit different than just sitting down and watching TV. Without much of a commute these days, I am finding it more difficult than I used to to find and make that time. So sitting there listening to these people, I kept wondering, when do they listen? When do people find time to binge listen to so many podcasts, to have gone through so many podcasts and to all know the same ones. When do they catch all these shows? Uh, so, you know, it was an hour, complete with clippers, which turned out okay. But it was an hour that left me 
feeling my edges. I was hidden in plain sight in a fascinating way. I mean, this podcast is not at all something that would come up in that conversation, but it was this very strange feeling of some gap, some divide between me and these other four people who were all talking right next to me, right around me. There was a couple who was part of this group talking, one getting haircut and one sitting and waiting turn and watching and listening. And they all jumped from topic to topic, conversation to conversation, all over the place. And the ease of it all, it somehow, the longer I sat there, it made me incredibly sad. Sad, yeah. We all have our moments. I fall in and out of mine pretty dramatically and pretty visibly. But right now, I think I am just tired of, tired of trying, tired of trying to be positive, really. And I know, I know how easily things break down, how much a house of cards reality sometimes seems, how a single comment, a single comment can be a total undoing can topple the cards, can pull that one straw that makes everything fall, can take everything back down to square zero. One comment. That is sobering. It really is. It is a sobering truth that one comment can do so much, can do so much damage. One comment can arguably do the opposite too. But I think the power of one comment to do harm is maybe greater than the power of one comment to do good. But I guess it is a reminder that comments matter in your friendships, your relationships, your communities, your circles. We keep on doing what we do. Of course we do. We take care of what we have to. We go to work because that is also a way of taking care. We just keep shuffling through the days, wondering why we aren't finding whatever the it we are looking for is. Realizing maybe that no matter how many times we start over or get determined or try again, the it may never be reality. And maybe we step out of the day, day to day, every now and then, and into a golden space, like a salon. Just put it all aside and just sit there. A place that lives in the positive, and we let it wash over us. And that's not to say that every conversation in a salon is positive, but somehow it all has a space and a place. There's something about the space and the time, this time out of time. I did have a chance while there to see my son's art on the wall. He snapped a photo last year at some point in this salon, and then he used that photo for an interior space painting assignment. It's a beautiful piece. Golden light, window light, the green of the station chair. The salon bought it, and it was on their walls, getting plenty of comments. He's only a high school student, I heard someone say. True enough, indeed. I don't know that I have a lot of art talk today. Like I said, I almost just decided not to record at all. And then I couldn't figure out when it would be next that I would if I didn't do it today because it's kind of an all-or-nothing feeling. So I don't have a lot of art talk. But that doesn't mean I haven't been making art. I have. 
time juggling, and I have slowed up with portraits and have been working intently and deliberately on sketch notes. And it may be a wrong step. I don't know. But I have been sketchnoting a podcast series from Sleeping at Last, specifically the episodes about the Enneagram types. I love Sleeping at Last's music, and the Enneagram shows are fascinating and beautiful to listen to. I really admire his diligence, the meticulous attention to detail and how he crafts each song, all the decisions he has thought about and thought through and made in the making, his documentation of the many fingerprints that go into each song, these bits contributed to him by friends who identify with each type, and he has woven and blended these all in and tracked them. He knows what they are and who they were from and where they are in the song. There are so many. This is something that in trying to sketch note these songs, every time I am a little bit surprised and blindsided by how many there are, something I can't even imagine, this kind of contribution and communal aspect to this, that many people sending him what he's asked for upon request for these songs. It's amazing. Something I don't think I will ever know. No matter how much I envision a different reality, I know this to be true. But I love listening to these songs and to him talk about these songs. And they have given me really good fodder for practicing. And at the same time, they are providing a wonderful opportunity to learn more about the Enneagram. So that has been good. And on nights scattered in between, I've worked on several portraits. I'm worried about the seeing. That's true. I've also been doing something that I should have understood I needed to do last year when I started talking about sketch notes. I've been practicing icons, simple shapes, and I think I will talk more about it, but I've been filling pages and pages and pages with hastily drawn icons over and over. Slowly, I am seeing this kind of drawing in totally new ways. There's a huge disjunct for me between my really precise and detail-oriented approach to drawing, that part of me that is really formal in terms of how I approach drawing, my comfort zone with drawing and my own aesthetic and my own voice and the way that I have grown into my own line. There's something really different about drawing a square with a triangle on top and a rectangle in the middle and a dot and calling it a house. Those are really different things. But I am practicing the latter. I am practicing how to draw all those things. And I'm working on embracing those line objects, these simple line-based objects. I'm working on embracing those with everything I've got and learning them. And I don't know why it has taken me so long to understand that that really is what I needed to do, that I had to actually just commit to doing it to practicing it. I've had a few aha moments and blasts of insight in this process, and I'm going for it. I'm really, I'm doing it. And I keep saying, why did it take me so long? I talked about it almost a year ago or more than a year ago and many, many times after. And I guess I'm human. I'm a lot like some of you. I, no matter what I say, I thought that if I said it enough times... If I said out loud what I wanted and what I planned, that it would just happen. I really didn't think that, but it kind of looks that way. But now I've jumped off the cliff and I'm not one to take chances. I'm not one to do things for the sheer exploration of it. 
I have very little interest in adventure. But I've jumped off and I'm doing the work because somehow I still think this matters and matters to me and what I need to be doing and where I need to be heading. So thank you to those of you who are supporting those efforts. Your words mean more than you know. And I marvel always at those of you who manage to be so incredibly nurturing and giving of your support, your words, your feedback, your encouragement. Those of us on the receiving end are very fortunate to have people like you. So doodles and the Enneagram is where my head is at. And there are some portraits thrown in there in between just to keep me loose. And I think it's a really good interlude before Inktober. A good way to stop and breathe a bit. A good way to actually put myself in the position of doing what I keep saying I want to do and seeing what happens. This kind of practice is also so very concrete. It's so doable. It's so portable. It's so freeing in terms of time that it gives me something I can easily do waiting a few minutes in the car or when I'm too tired to do anything else or even when I can't see well. I'm breaking a lot of perfectionist boundaries. Maybe not breaking them, but I'm running headlong into them at least as I try to adopt something that by nature has to be faster and probably less precise, more fluid. I am doing the work. And I wish it didn't always feel so incredibly lonely. And I'm not sure why exactly it does, but I'm doing the work. And at the same time, yes, worrying too that none of it matters or will ever matter. If you know that feeling, I hope you remember that doing the work is a way of filling time in a way that has meaning to and for you, regardless of what it means down the road. If anything, you have to enjoy the actual work, the learning curve, the process, the practice, the time you spend in your head and with the creative tools. If that gives you peace, makes you feel balanced, brings you even momentary joy or an internal smile or a, yeah, that moment. It is time well spent, I think. I wish that for you, that awareness, that peace, that balance, that recognition of the fact that you may not know what it means, but that you have to be doing something you enjoy, even if it's practice. It has to be something that you enjoy. I am glad I decided to go ahead and record. It is a convoluted show, I think. I know. I could and should just talk for an hour about icons. Or about the coffee portrait that I just finished. An odd angle to the face and this very small cup. That's what strikes me every time is this very small cup. The desire to add color and the inability to make myself do it. The thoughts on filling in the background with marks because I just want to fill space. Or the portrait that I sketched one night and then when I came back to ink it a few nights later, the face seemed far too long. And that's often a problem I introduce. And instead of stopping to fix it, to rework it with pencil, I just winged it. I just went ahead with ink and didn't go ahead and draw my line, which normally is what I would do. I would go ahead and just use my line. I just 
corrected. <laughs> I just corrected. And the echoes of the two sets of lines that resulted are strange. There's this ghosting of process somehow when I look at it. The first night's lines, the subsequent lines. These are all things I could and should talk about. But yesterday I started notes and I started with a salon and I ended up in tears. And I sat and I admitted to myself that maybe I should just not record. Take a break. Stop. I have nothing to teach you. And I don't think that's why you listen. Not sure that I can inspire you. I'm the absolute worst at party talk or dinner conversation. The absolute worst. I'm always looking for and wanting and seeking and hoping for something more than that. Something more than that that also has an ease. Something deeper, more real. And those are things that are hard to draw with icons. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. That is it for episode 327. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. Thank you to those of you who support the show at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.